So to find out what apologetics is, we have to go to the Bible because it's a word that comes from the Bible. And it's we're going to do a sword drill to find it, right? Colbert, you remember sword drills? You're not allowed to use a phone on a sword drill. You've got to use the real deal. So, if you guys have a Bible with you, some of you have them. Let's hold up our Bibles. These are our swords, the sword of the Spirit, right? It's well used, that's right. No, no, see, now see, Roxine, what happened to you? We're talking about the real Bible. All right, whoever gets this verse first gets to go first in line when we eat. What can I say? They get to go first in line. The first will be last, and the last will be first. Okay, are we ready? What we do is swords in hand. We hold our Bibles like this. This is a sword of the Spirit. Swords in hand. And I'll tell you the verse. And then you have to wait until I say charge. And then you go looking for it. Okay? Swords in hand, everybody. Here we go. Swords in hand. The verse is 1 Peter. No, not yet. 1 Peter 3.15. Charge. And the first person to find it and stands up with the verse will get to stand. Go for. Oh, this guy has it. Now you can. You know what? It might be a good idea for everybody to find it. Go ahead and find it. Colin's going to eat first. You know, Colin normally eats last, I will say. He, no, he normally eats last, so it's nice. Literally, the last has become first. All right, so let's all listen. Let's all listen while Brother Colin reads this verse. First Peter 3, 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and care thank you very much that's very good let's read a couple different translations of it too okay so does anyone have your words were not exactly the same you have a different translation Nick? Oh, yes. yeah, go ahead um, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone and ask you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Good. So we had an answer. We had give a defense. Go ahead. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Great, great. We have another one here? Yes, um, this is the... Miss Mechanical Bible here, Electronic yes, Bible, yes. okay. I have the Amplified Version, um, 1 Peter 3, 15. What kind of version, this one? This is called the Amplified Version. The Amplified? Yeah. Yes, Amplified. Oh. But in your heart set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging Him, giving Him first place in your lives as Lord, Always be 
ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Great. That's the amplified. See? <laughs> amplified. <laughs> yes. ESV. I think Maurice read the ESV. He did, yeah. It is a good translation. But the reason I wanted to read several different versions is because this word that we're talking about, apologia, right? Or apologian, is sometimes translated an answer, a defense, a logical answer, a logical defense, a reasoned argument. So basically, Paul or Peter is telling the believers, be ready, that's key. If somebody asks you, why are you a Christian? You should have an answer. But not just any answer. You should have a good answer. Right? Because the truth is, that person might be testing you. They might be saying, you know what? I'm interested in Christianity. And here's somebody that says they believe it. But I wonder if they just believe it because, I don't know, their mom told them to believe it or if they have a real reason. You don't necessarily need to have a logical reason in order to believe. Okay? You may have never given apologetics a second thought and still be a passionate believer in the Lord Jesus. But, when you're trying to help someone else believe, it really makes sense to try your best to use your head and think about a good, reasonable defense of the faith. That's what we talk about when we talk about apologetics. Now, let me ask you a question. Whenever I asked you, do you believe, why do you believe in Jesus, what came to your mind? How would you guys answer that question? Adam? I would say I have not, I have not seen all this creation. I have never seen men make men, women, toad, seeds, so many things that I could do there. So you would say, like, even just looking at the world and the creation exactly. encourages you to believe in God. Yes. Okay, let's keep going. Just a couple other answers. Special encounter, um, experience with so you had a personal experience that you couldn't explain maybe any other way, and so you believe. What other kind of reasons might you give? Yes. I would think of my background, the religion that I came from, what they believe, and when I get to know what Christian stands for, that that made me believe that someone died for my sins on the cross. And what was this you came from? So you were sort of grew up in a Hindu background. Idols and reincarnation. And when you come to know that Jesus, God's son, died on the cross to take away your sin. And it made sense. Yeah, yeah, it made sense. Good. I'm not going to be born up as a dog or a horse. But or an elephant. <laughs> nice as they are. That's right. Yeah, Cobra, what would you say? All the other men... God's head in the grave. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. He's alive. 
lives in the power of an endless life, seated at the right hand of the majesty and high, and he's the one. Yeah, that's not, a, not a dead God, a living Christ. Very good. Very good. Yeah, Roxy? Um, well, I would say hope. I mean, when I look at the world that we live in today, I think so much of, oh my gosh, if this is it, then I, I, I'm just doomed, mm. you know? And then here you have someone who, you know, there's a long story from creation, what happened, and then he's saying, okay, there's life after this life, life eternal. Um, all you have to do is just believe in me. Yeah. Um, that's hope. So that's good. it's the hope for me. The hope keeps you coming back to him. Yeah. yeah. So let's just think about, and you know that you're never too young to answer this question too. You're never too young to think about this idea of having a reasonable answer when somebody asks you. You might have a friend at school and they might hear you're a Christian and you might want to say, well, do I know why? Why am I a Christian? Right? Anka, were you going to say something? Because, uh, I believe in Jesus because he loved me and he died for me and accepted me as I am. Great. It's, it's kind of like what Norris was saying. You have that personal experience with him. So, usually... The answers that we give oftentimes go in three categories. If you think about why are you a Christian, you might answer it this way. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus because I read about it in the Bible, right? We have this phrase, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Some of you might have heard that before, right? I believe it because, you know, we even sing this little song, Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. A second reason might be, personal experience. Kind of like what M gets saying, Norris, I had a personal experience with Jesus and there's just no denying it. Right? And I believe in Him. We also, if we're honest, might say, you know what? The reason I'm a Christian is because I grew up a Christian, I heard the, new, the, the, the truth of the gospel and I just became a Christian. Kind of like if Jesus was good enough for Grandpa, He's good enough for me. Right? This idea of authority. I'm trusting in an authority figure. But here's a little bit of a harder question. Why don't people believe in Jesus? Okay, so luckily you all have experience with this because at one point you didn't believe either. But you also might know people who don't believe. Who don't believe. So what kind of reasons could you give? Why don't people believe in Jesus? Because you know there's a lot of people in this world that don't believe. They're not Christians. What do you think, Norris? But it is something that I had struggled with as a kid also, wherein if I couldn't see, if I couldn't touch it, then as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people do struggle with that same idea also. Yeah, it's almost like telling someone, it's like I have an invisible friend or something. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> If I can't see him, how could I believe? What do you guys up here in the front think? Yeah. Maybe the opposite of all the other ones. Like if Grandpa didn't like it, then maybe it doesn't believe in God. Then maybe you're like, well, I guess I shouldn't either. Yeah, maybe you have authority figures in your life that say Jesus isn't God. So you're like, well, I don't believe it either. That's a good answer. What do you think, man? Similar to what Maurice said, I think when it comes 
to authority, maybe you're not receptive to the authority instead of, oh, Grandpa didn't believe, maybe you just don't like those rules in place that are, this is wrong. This yeah, is another reason why we might resist believing is because we don't like rules. <laughs> we might be rebellious. Let's get some other thoughts. Yeah, Kazi? I said to my family, yeah, my father believes I'm a My father never believed that. Yeah. You were waiting for him to believe. Yeah, because you trusted him, right? Okay, um, that experience, we did not grow up in the Sunday school. Our parents were always in common that we call family in Jamaica. We got like an old thing. Okay. And tell us about the Lord. And we said, no, no. So growing up by Jamaica, we, we are going to heaven and we're going to keep that's all I could remember. So it's like a couple of people that they were gone. But I couldn't explain it. So my way is when we go to heaven, we're going to be with our money. That's all that matters to you. So maybe some people don't believe because they haven't really heard the truth very clearly, right? Let's keep just a couple more answers. Why? I think people don't believe there's only one way. Jesus says there's only one way. Yeah, because. They might say, well, you say that. That's good for you. What does it have to do with me? I have a different way. We have in Romans 3, verse 23, it's a all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. But there are those who say, but I have never done anything wrong. So therefore, I don't need to believe. What the word says, you are born in sin, shaping in iniquity. So that not even that because you come to church make you a Christian. Yeah. So that's why a lot of people, a lot of people go to church and they are sitting in the church, they sing and they do all kinds of things and they are not saved because they say, I haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Carolyn. Uh, a loving God wouldn't allow such bad things to have you guys ever heard that before? And maybe not even just to me personally, but a loving God would never allow the world to be like it is. Did you see these tornadoes? Did you see this war? How could there be a loving God, right? Sometimes we hear that. People have lots of reasons, right, Nikki? Okay, um, in my home, I mean, you brought the Sometimes looking at Christians who aren't living very well, you're like, well, there must not be anything to Christianity because look at that. Maybe just two more, two more, Jasper. One of the things that I face a lot um, talking to people is that we are all God children. And there's nothing further from the truth. The Bible says that we are the children of our Father, the devil. We all did not know God. You become a child of God, the Bible tells us. Um, 
uh, that we become the child of God when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Mm -hmm. Then we become a child of God. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we are all God handmade. Mm -hmm. We are not all God children. Yeah, so I think sometimes different teachings can keep us from the truth, right? And Bassam was waving furiously back there. Did you have one, Bassam? Did you have something? No, 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 I'm just translating. Oh, okay, I thought you had your hand. One last one. Thank you. Yeah, I, I hear this, that um, the modern mind knows better than to think that somebody 2,000 years ago could die for sin and be raised from the dead. And when you respond with the Bible, they say, that's a book of fairy tales written by men. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I've heard that before, too. Like, you trust in this old book. Who wrote that book, Jasper? Were you there when they wrote it? How old is that book? I mean, how could you trust it? So, you know, the same reasons that we had for belief, people, kind of what Marie said, people will give those same reasons for why they don't believe. I don't believe in Jesus because the Bible's got a bunch of mistakes and contradictions. It's just a book of written by man. I don't believe because of my personal experience. Like, it's nice that you had personal experiences with Jesus. Well, I had personal experiences that show that there is no such thing as God, right? They don't follow him. They don't submit to him. Yeah. That's true. Sin keeps this way too. Yeah. And then, you know, like Nicholas was saying and Maurice, sometimes it's authority that keeps us from believing. Another faith system like Hindu beliefs. Um, if maybe I'm a real science lover and I feel like, well, I can't believe in these old fairy tales like Ken was saying because I'm a scientist. And science and faith don't go together. So you take your Jesus and I'll take my science. Or maybe getting involved in too much academic thinking or philosophy. Maybe there's an actor that you really love and they're like, oh, Christianity. I used to be a Christian, but now I'm smart. And I gave that up. So some respected person. So I think this is an important thing for all of us to think about. Because if somebody came to you saying these things, do you have something that you could point to to persuade them, to give a reasonable answer. You can't save anyone, right? Only the Holy Spirit can awaken a soul to life. But you can be used by God to clear some of the rubble out of the way so that people can be confronted with the real truth. Now, we're going to have to put our thinking caps on here a little bit. When we think about what our beliefs are founded on, Follow me here. Sometimes I think the way we think about it is a little top-heavy, you might say. For example, I might say, okay, well, everything starts with believing that God exists. I believe in a God. Okay? And then, once I believe in God, I say, well, how did God speak to us? He gave us the Bible. Okay? So then I'm reading my Bible and I say, what does the Bible say? The Bible tells me about this person, Jesus Christ. Right? 
And then once I read and encounter Jesus Christ in the Bible, then I can have faith in Him. Now, if you guys, you guys like building, right? If you build like this, what's the problem with this structure? Now, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God Himself isn't solid. But, trying to prove to someone that God exists is very difficult. Just like you were saying, He's invisible, right? What is God like? I mean, you say God is like this. I say God is like this. I'm talking to somebody who's a Muslim and they'll say, well, you call Him God, I call Him Allah. You say He revealed Himself in the Bible. I say He revealed Himself in the Quran. So we just... In other words, if we present our beliefs this way, it's very hard to convince someone of the truth. Because these things are... It's very difficult. Would you be able to prove to somebody that the Bible is reliable? Have you studied the history, the textual history, all those complicated things? They'll say, oh, the Bible was just written by man and there's all these contradictions. It's very difficult to do this. I would like us to think about it slightly differently, okay? Let's have Christ as the cornerstone, as the foundation for your beliefs. This is what it's going to look like now. Everything starts with the resurrection. And this actually goes back to what Colbert was saying earlier. If you want to talk about why you believe in Jesus, right? Start with the resurrection. And we'll talk about why that is. Jesus is raised from the dead. Because I believe that, now maybe they don't believe it, maybe you do, but we'll talk about what you do with that problem, okay? Once you believe that this man raised from the dead, then you have to take what he says seriously. And so then you realize that Jesus is Lord. The next stone is confessing Him as Lord. Because if somebody raises from the dead, I'm going to listen to him, Right? Because no one's ever done it. To raise himself out of the grave. Not to return again. People have been raised and resurrected and resuscitated. I mean, even Elisha, when they dropped somebody in his tomb, that guy came back to life. The dead guy, right? Wasn't it something like that? But that guy died again. This is talking about real resurrection. only happened once so far. And that's Jesus. Then I confess Jesus as Lord. Then I basically say, okay, Jesus, you're Lord. Tell me what to believe. And Jesus tells us there's a God who loves you. He reveals who God is. And He tells us that the Bible is reliable because He believed the Bible. I don't believe in Jesus because I believe in the Bible. I believe in the Bible because Jesus told me to believe. Now these are, it might seem like the same thing, but it's slightly different. We hold to the truths of Scripture Because someone who was raised from the dead, who we confess as Lord, told us we had to. And Jesus believed in the Bible, lived His life according to the Bible, and that's why we do it. And then our faith is firmly grounded. And if someone wants to attack our faith and our belief, they've got to attack the historical resurrection. And it turns out that that's very difficult to do. 
So for the rest of this little talk, I'd like to just share a brief defense of the historical resurrection. What I mean by that is, how do you know Jesus raised from the dead, right? I mean, if somebody came to you, well, Colbert said, the Lord Jesus raised from the dead. Well, what is it, what, how does he know that? He wasn't there. And so can you give a real reason? Is it just because you're reading it in the Bible? Because you've got to realize that's not going to matter to anyone. I mean, you can turn to the chapter and verse and say, don't you see it here? It says Jesus was raised from the dead. And they'll tell you, so what? I don't trust the Bible. Do you have another answer? So let's think about it this way, okay? Again, we got to put your thinking caps on. Yes, Sister Ann. John 3.16 So she was saying John 3.16 is the bottom line. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I would just encourage you to use your imagination and imagine someone who doesn't believe in God. They don't believe the Bible is reliable. They don't believe in Jesus. They think maybe He was a good teacher. And if you tell them, but look at this verse. It tells me that God loved the world and sent His Son. And they'll say, so what? Right? Because they don't believe it. Yes. true. You know, I was in a conversation with someone who was a Mormon. They, uh, uh, they're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And Mormons talk about the warming of the bosom. I don't know if you've ever talked about um, talked to somebody in the Mormon faith. They'll say, if you read the Book of Mormon, you will get a strange warmth in your heart. And this will convince you that it's real. And not only that, the truth of that is real, but the whole Book of Mormon is inspired by God. So the problem is, for that person, they've chosen to believe a different book. So can we have an answer that takes us beyond saying, this is my book, and the other person saying, this is my book? So because of the sake of time, I'd like to just run through this really quickly, and then we can always deal with conversation maybe over in the other side too. Here's one way that I would like you to think about the resurrection. The fact that Jesus raised from the dead can only be one of three things. Okay? The fact that Jesus raised from the dead never to die again can only be one of three things. It can be a lie. Okay? A lie is when somebody tells tells something they know is not true, but they act like it's true. It could be a legend, okay? A legend is when somebody talks about something that they believe is true, but it's false, okay? In other words, they believe it's true, but it happened a long time ago and, and it's false. Or it could be the truth. 
I think we could all agree, right? It has to be one of these three things. It's either the truth, which all you know, most of us here, God willing, right, believe that this is the truth. Now, I'm not assuming everyone here is a believer. But if you're a believer this morning, you have chosen this one. But if it's not true, it has to either be merely a legend or it has to be a lie cooked up by somebody in the past. And so you can help someone see which one of these makes the most sense. Let's look at them one at a time. Let's look at them one at a time. Let's talk about the lie. Is it a lie? Here's the reason why I don't think it's a lie. First of all, the people who were involved had no reason to make this story up. They had no motive. You know, the people who, if it was a lie, the people who made up this lie all died because of it. Painful deaths. Most of them gave up wealth and left behind a life of comfort to embrace this truth. So if they did that for a lie, they were either the craziest people in the world, right? In other words, there was no reason for them to do this. Okay? Secondly, no one at the time of the Bible being written made this claim. It's really important to see that. At the time of Jesus, we have no evidence that anyone said, they're lying. I saw his body in the tomb. I went and looked. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it make sense? If this was a lie, they would have blown that out of the water. We might think of this as being a long time ago. Oh, they were just ignorant back then. It's not really that long ago in human history. And people were smart back then. We're talking about Greco-Roman world. They could use their heads. And if someone was saying this guy raised from the dead and the, the tomb is empty, someone would have pointed that out. Okay? That's important. A third reason to believe that this is not a lie is because no one cracked under the pressure. The early believers were tortured, right? And this is going into the first few generations. And no one said, okay, we made it up. We made it up. I don't know why we did it. We were just trying to have some fun. So no one cracked under the pressure. That's really important. So it does not make logical sense. You can tell somebody, it doesn't make logical sense to think that the resurrection is made up. Okay? Here's the second option. Okay, maybe they didn't make it up as a lie. Maybe it's just a legend. You know, no one really believed Jesus was God, but over time, these kind of legends developed about Him, and we just say that He was God, okay? Seems reasonable. But here's the problem with that. First, <clears throat> the early uh, Jewish culture, first century, century Judaism, was not a legend-making society. Okay, so it's hard to explain. I mean, you could go into depth here. But legends come out of only certain types of societies. Societies that are very porous, that have lots of different polytheism, they believe in a lot of different gods, and they develop these legends. But the Jewish society that Jesus was born into, they did not make legends about people who were gods. Every morning they woke up and recited, Hear, O Israel... The Lord your God, the Lord is one. This is the strongest 
monotheistic group of people that's ever existed up to that point, believing in one God. So it doesn't make sense that in this particular time, with this particular group of people, that they would develop a legend saying somebody was God. And not just anybody, but somebody that they knew. Imagine if I came and said, you know everyone, Chris Ebanks may look like he's just a man, he's actually God. God in the flesh. Who would believe it? No one would believe it. People who grew up with him would say, I, trust me, I know that he's not, right? <laughs> and In other words, like, you can't develop a legend that quickly. So not only would Jewish legend, if, if it was a legend, it wouldn't involve a man being God. Some of you are familiar with Muslims. You might have Muslim friends. You know how for a Muslim, the idea that a man would claim to be God is so blasphemous they can't stand the thought, right? This is why they reject Christianity. And that gives us a nice taste of what Judaism was like when Jesus came on the scene. It was so blasphemous for any man to accept worship as God. So it just doesn't make sense that in less than a hundred years you would develop a legend about this man who became God. Right? And two more little things that have more to do with literary, the literary style of the Bible. The Gospels themselves are historical records. They're not, they don't read like a legend. They're not like, once upon a time there was a man, etc. They're written in the style of somebody saying what happened, almost like a tribal diary. Okay? For example, it includes extra little details that don't make sense if it was a legend. Like when you're reading John, for example, it says, and then John, uh, Jesus took them to the house. He said, come and see where I live. And it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Why would they say that? Right? It was, you don't say that in a legend. It was two o'clock in the afternoon. The reason they said it is because they were there. And they remember what people were wearing and what it looked like. So it's not written in the style of a legend. We're almost done. The point is, the idea that it's a lie doesn't make sense. The idea that it developed as a legend doesn't make sense. And so we're left, and your friend, your friend is left. Can it be that it's actually the truth? Can it be that it's actually the truth? And if you can get them to consider this, this is where, like Sister Anne was saying, the beauty of the Word of God begins to come alive. Because this man who raised from the dead, that you can, there's more proof for the historical resurrection of Jesus Christ than any ancient so called fact. You cannot disprove it. People who try eventually just have to say, well, it can't be true because that kind of miracle doesn't happen. You can't disprove it. And so once you believe that he raised from the dead, you can consider maybe what he said is true. So I want to encourage you to keep learning, okay? Keep practicing, developing a reasonable defense for your faith. I'm not saying do it or you'll lose your personal faith. That's not what I'm saying. You don't necessarily have to be a logical thinking person to keep your faith or anything like that. But if you want to help others, and many in our society today 
need to hear the truth. I'm looking at you younger guys. Many of the people your age need to hear, you don't have to check your brain at the door to be a Christian. You don't have to choose either think or have faith. Or I could either, you know, be a scientist or I could be a Christian. You don't have to make that choice. It's actually the most reasonable choice to be a believer. This has been fed to us wrong from our culture. So I would encourage you a couple things, and this is for young and old alike. Don't be afraid of questions, okay? Don't be afraid of questions when they come to you. Don't be afraid of your neighbor's questions, right? Use those questions as opportunities for growth. Realize that there are answers out there, right? So don't be shaken. If somebody comes to you and says, well, what about somebody who's never heard about Jesus who lives in uh, some kind of tribe over here in the rainforest? What's going to happen to them? And we can get nervous. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, right? Maybe I'm wrong. But we remember, we didn't come to faith because I had all the answers. I came to faith because Jesus, a man that raised from the dead, said he was Lord, and I accepted it. Right? And then we move on from there. Get to know some helpful resources. If you'd like to write these down, feel free. Okay? Um, if you're interested in apologetics... Apologetics is just a fancy word for having answers to hard questions. Here's three websites that you could visit and maybe even share with that neighbor who has a lot of questions. Okay? And you can do a little research yourself. Um, but just realize that answers are out there, and that's a, a comforting thing to know it. Were you going to say something, Chris? Yeah, I, I, you know, like, most people, when they ask that question, they, they're not looking for a logical Systematic kind of explanation. It's more like a gotcha question, right? Right. But I think if someone is genuinely asking to learn, you know, something like this. But what I would encourage you to think of: somebody will come and they have a question, right? And it's a gotcha question. And if you can help them move that out of the way, that's what I mean about moving the rubble out of the way. They don't. They don't have it anymore. So they'll say, "Well, I guess I got to consider it then," right? So. You may not convince them that Jesus is Lord, but you might be able to help them to not have an easy out, right? An easy out. Because a lot of people just have these certain things they say to keep them from confronting the truth. And you could say the truth is, it's more reasonable to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Yes, ma'am? I just want to say because these boys live differently, because they are different at school, their friends are going to want to know why. Their friends are gonna see a difference in them. They don't laugh at the jokes. They don't make fun of other people. So I'm very thankful for the way these boys are growing up, and I'm thankful for how they listen because they're gonna be asked why. That's right. That's why Peter said, "Be ready. Be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in you." <clears throat> we have a hope in us, so we can be ready to give an answer. I'm really glad you said I, that. I really like that because I do come in conflict with my my, my 
my, my relatives and family because you know when it's religious time you have to observe all these different religions. How do I mingle around them? So you have to ask the Lord and you have to have wisdom on how to come out very meek and mild and yeah, that's so important. And that's what we wanted to end on. Is that any conversation you have about the Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter how smart you are or how well-reasoned your arguments are, if it's not done in love, it's much better for you to just be quiet. To not say anything. Because speaking out of, you know, when you're not speaking in love, does more harm to the work of the Lord than any reasoned argument. So that's why Peter said, do it with meekness and respect. That's great. That's a great ending. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can just close our time in prayer. And let's keep talking about it. Let's keep learning. And uh, develop that apologetic ability to explain our faith. Father God, thank you for this time we spent together. We pray that it was encouraging and building up of your people, Lord. And if there's anyone here who still, if they were honest, wouldn't say that they are a believer, wouldn't say that Jesus Christ is Lord, I pray that this would be one step closer to realizing the truth, the life-transforming truth, that you are who you said you were. We thank you that because you live, Lord Jesus, we too can live. We pray that you'd be with us as we share a time of fellowship in the back. Bless this time in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your attention, everyone. Thank you. Make sure that Colin goes first. <laughs>